There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Ding dong, ding dong, the bells have told. For whom the bell tolls? Us. What what did the bell told us? What did the... (laughs) It told us that it is once again... Um, the holidays have rolled around prematurely once again because it mm. is late November and we're doing and we had to start this in early November, which felt very weird. Um, but yeah, Speak it's the Cold Pop Podcast and it's Netflixmas twenty twenty one. Our yearly tradition uh, where we watch uh, all the often. Well, no, no, no. Painfully- it's, first of all, it's your yearly tradition where you dust off Jeremy and you. <laughs> You, oh, you, you put you put oil Jeremy. you put oil into his creaking joints, mm. and he comes out to be a miserly Christmas curmudgeon again. <laughs> okay, a few things there, Jeremy. You're often the most joyous one on these podcasts, <laughs> and two, we we got you for the mid year um, self indulgent quiz, and three, you've mm. been busy this year. I don't want to spoil it early, but you did have another child. Well, I didn't have another child. Also, everyone knows this because during said self-indulgent quiz, he was on me. He was like he character. was sleeping on me. Yeah, he actually. I think he did better than you in points. <laughs> no, he won. He won. He very I remember. Much um, yeah. He, he won because I remember that being like locking that away because it would be a great uh, future quiz question. Who won the second self-indulgent quiz? <laughs> uh, because it was Ezra. <laughs> anyway, with, with I believe like just under a hundred points. <laughs> um, yeah. So welcome along, everybody. My name is AJ, and if you hadn't picked up everyone's else's names, that's uh, Richard and Jeremy here on the Copodge Podcast to return to Netflixmas. Uh, this is part one. We we split it. There were too many last year, yeah. and we split it up. And this year we're splitting it up again. And I'll tell you one thing right off the bat we're not covering all of them yeah. in, pre- in previous years we've accidentally missed some this time we're just we're deliberately like, missing some and, like, and, they and come that, out too late this is the fault of the fucking mm. uh netflix like who mm. releases a netflix movie on the 24th of december that gives Stupid. you 24 hours to watch it it's almost like 48 if it's almost like they don't think the primary purpose of releasing these films is to have podcasters talk about them in advance of christmas okay you you jest you jest maybe not but still who is who is going to watch a christmas movie on christmas eve Uh, also like Like, a brand a brand new christmas movie that Mm. they've never seen anything about before 
Yeah. Yeah, you've got one day to watch it where it's relevant. And then I feel like the drop off with holiday themed things is I know it is for me. Like as soon as it's December twenty sixth, I want to get rid of the Christmas tree. I just sort of begrudgingly put up with mm. it. Well also the movie's called A Thousand Miles from Christmas. It should be called bloody twenty four hours from Christmas. <laughs> We aren't talking about that one today, though. So, yeah, you will see that um, in two weeks. This is part one. We'll do part two in two weeks. And, um, yeah, um, anything beyond that. Uh, tough shit. Sorry, Netflix. You should have released it earlier. <laughs> but uh, should we I'm go over really... what all of the films are? And then uh, we'll just say what we're covering for part one. Okay. Um, so, all up this year, you've got Love Hard, Father Christmas is Back, Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, Robin Robin, A Boy Called Christmas, A Castle for Christmas, Single All the Way, uh, Shaun the Sheep, The Flight Before Christmas, uh, David and the Elves, A California Christmas, City Lights, Grumpy Christmas, A Thousand Miles from Christmas, and A Nyha Christmas. Oh, oh, we won't get to all of these. Today we're talking about the first four that have released, which is Love Hard, Father Christmas is Back, the Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, a franchise near and dear to all of our hearts, as you well know, and uh, Robin Robin. Yeah, and look, uh, if this is your first Netflixmas with us, listeners, uh, what we're talking about basically is that every year, well, it's Since kind of 2017, become... 2017, I think, yeah. Yeah, Netflix has like dropped a bunch of Christmas movies that, that feel like they're specifically like a package that's that's dropped mm. on Netflix. Like, these are Netflix Christmas movies. However, they don't correlate them anywhere. They don't say, these are the movies. So we have to find them every year. Mm. And we always... We missed California Christmas 1 last year. And yeah, now yeah. we're going to miss it this year, too. <laughs> I hope that, yeah, that California Christmas 3 is released like August... Mm next year and it's like we have to <laughs> and basic, the, the joke everybody haha the joke is that they're often really bad and really hard to watch except and- for bloody one of them which our yeah. annual reminder uh if you're looking for a christmas movie to watch go watch the netflix film klaus it's like we talk we're going to talk about these films and you're going to find that a lot of them are garbage and we are going to praise some of them and you're going to act like oh man this is pretty good N- none of them can hold a candle mm. to Klaus, which came out two years ago, which is not only by a country mile the best Netflix Christmas movie, uh, it's one of the best Netflix movies they've ever done, and it's probably the best Christmas movie ever made. Uh, go watch Klaus, it's fucking incredible. That, that, it was all worth that, it. For that Klaus. opinion is is definitely Richard's. Uh, it's just very, very good, but best Christmas oh, movie ever made? I don't know. All right. I don't think there are any good Christmas movies. I hate the whole goddamn festive season. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Because it's easy to be like, yo, Klaus isn't the best Christmas movie of all time. But it's like, okay, what's its competition? Love Actually? Okay. Yeah, try saying that in three years' time. Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street. Um, so good. Uh, it's uh, it's the Wonderful holiday. Life. It's like you've actually only got three or four that it's genuinely competing with. Home Alone. I haven't seen that. <laughs> So, how the way the way that we usually do this is we out of the four that we've watched for each part, we go three, two, one, and we each say what we thought was the worst one, mm. and we slowly work our way up to the best one um, of of this. And this year is going to be no different, exactly. And I think um, last year it was a little bit more contentious. I I feel like it's probably we're probably going to have the same answers for this year's mm. first part. Yeah, uh, if it's, only it's because pretty cut dried. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not passionate about these. It's just yeah. it feels obvious that there is an order in which to you know to rank these. Um, so should we get started, my best yes. friends, my Christmas, my Christmas brothers? <laughs> Let's jump in <laughs> and and get Netflix Miss 2021 started. It's November. <laughs> it's weird too. It's usually usually the festive season gradually starts, and you hear a Christmas carol there, but you you can't pinpoint when it started to feel like christmas but with having to watch um love hard in early november i was like i guess it's christmas i guess we're starting (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so this is christmas and what have you done (laughs) so this is christmas in minor key (laughs) (laughs) um all right the worst of this batch of four, just for those playing at home, this batch of four it contains Love Hard, released on the 5th of November, Father Christmas is Back, released on the 7th of November, Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star on 18th of November, and Robin Robin on the 24th of November. So, three, two, one... Father, Father Christmas, Christmas, is, back. Christmas is back. It's one of the worst Netflix movies we've ever had to watch. <laughs> it is genuinely <laughs> the worst, one of the worst movies I have seen in the last 10 years. Legit, like, legit, absolutely. No, oh, no, no right. arguments here. <laughs> so Father Christmas is back unanimously. Uh, the worst one so just a little brief overview um, it's a uh, British Christmas comedy film directed by Philippe Martinez and McDavis and stars Elizabeth Hurley Natalie Cox John Cleese and Kelsey Grammer as Father Christmas himself now <laughs> he's not playing by Santa Claus uh, <laughs> his, uh, the family's last name is Christmas oh no which- sorry you just, you just you're, you're you're reading that as if it's legitimate no, it is. Like, <laughs> it's in the film. It is not a legitimate thing for just a random family to have the last name Christmas. I mean, mm. Christmas is a last name. Um, I don't know if you've seen Dumb and Dumber. It's a first name too. <laughs> or, yeah, the world is not enough. Um, <laughs> no, that was Christmas Wait, Jones. Uh, or, 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 no, yeah. um, uh, uh, The Expendables. Jason mm. Statham's character yeah, is Lee Jimmy. Christmas. You bigot. There's <laughs> um, precedent. There's precedent. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the, the the whole thing of their last name being Christmas, I'm terribly ashamed to say I did not notice until the end credits when what? he's credited. No, neither what? did I. Neither did I. Yeah. It, it, they're, they're like It's like if I was writing this movie, every scene, they would be like, well, I guess we're the Christmases. It's what <laughs> no, we do. They kept re- I'm not, okay, I am not going to ask either of you to go back and watch the movie, which I would normally I'm say, going, like, fuck go you, back I'm going to. <laughs> the number of right times <laughs> they say, and like, because the, the worst part about this is that blonde woman, so, so we, sorry, we need to <laughs> Oh, here we go, Jerry going on Just about their hair again. <laughs> we, need to go, we need to go back to the beginning, because people who haven't seen this don't know anything about this movie. Should I do a quick pricey? Yes. Okay. Oh, please. I've been so, waiting for you to offer. I, <laughs> Jeremy, where's your pricey? Come okay. on. So just to preface this, I can't do quick pricies, but this year I'm challenging myself to do a quick summary of, of the like, movie. Like in, in January, you were like, I'm going to do some quick pricey. This, <laughs> this is the skill I'm going to improve this year. Wait, what the fuck is a pricey? <laughs> it's a short never, summary. A pricey. Okay. It, 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 it comes from like a map drawing, doesn't it? Where, like, well, it's Latin. 
Yeah, like, but, but like, like it's well, mm. sorry, most commonly it's quite commonly used in like maps. That if you were to to draw a map that was essentially just like uh, this part's the lake, this part's the land, and there's a mountain here, that would be like a pricey map. I love that our explanation of the word pricey is the exact opposite of a pricey. <laughs> I love that Richard was like, isn't it common in maps? And Jeremy said, no, it's Latin, as if those two things can't be the same. (laughs) (laughs) As map is a separate language to Latin. All right. Anyways. Uh, I hate Netflix. Welcome to Netflix. We we said last year we weren't going to do this anymore, and here we are. Without question, we were like, yep, all right, we're doing it again for this year. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. You know, you you Google things, and it gives you like questions. Yeah. It's funny. um, If you search pricey, the question that comes up is, what is pricey in simple words? And it's like, the answer should just be, funny you should phrase it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, AJ, you know that Netflix was definitely going to happen because this is literally the first time I've been out of the house after 7.30pm <laughs> for months. He's getting yeah. the sillies. <laughs> um, and that's just not that's not just because there's been a global pandemic and a lockdown. Because he's on coke. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Christmas is back. Um, to be honest... There is no plot to this film. However, I'm going to try and do a a, 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 a quick overview, a pricey, if you will. A pricey. Um, a pricey what does that yeah, mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's Matt already for taken, a short summary. <laughs> <laughs> already taken about three minutes, I think, and we haven't even said anything about the movie. So, basically, the movie starts the out with Christmas. We've established that. <laughs> blonde Christmas woman who is married to a. They're, they're all English except for a few of them, but the family is English. Uh, she is one of four sisters, the Christmas sisters. Uh, she is married to a guy called Hope. So that means her last name is Mrs. Christmas Hope, which is that's clever. constantly referred to. <laughs> she is constantly referred to as Mrs. Christmas Hope and neither of you picked it up. I thought it was just a pet name. <laughs> <laughs> there's, also, there's also a part where they're in a bar and they're like presenting the Christmas sisters and they come up and do a song. Mm. I just thought... That that was the the name of their state. That was and their the fact name. that Kelsey Grammer plays their father, and he comes mm. back in the movie. Mm. Yeah. the fact yeah. the movie is called I Father thought... Christmas is back. Yeah, I get it. Which when I it, get it now. when it fell together <laughs> at the end of the film, when I realised that when the credits came up, that's yeah. why I gave it one star. Okay, I, sorry. <laughs> I promised I would be quick on these, but this is shit. Um, okay, so, so there's <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Not only does does the title give it one star, I'll concede that it's that it's vaguely clever but it's not even the best title you could i think they should have called this uh absent father christmas right because he's an absent father <laughs> father christmas is back is an awfully like clunky wording well yeah because it makes it made me feel like i'd missed father christmas hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this should like, be a sequel that'd be like 2016's fucking netflix was you want people to be thinking about the concept of an absent father, and then as they're thinking about that, you slap them with Christmas. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, he's not literally Father Christmas. He's not so Santa. He's on just this podcast, we like to talk about movie name, movie titles, movie um, names. <laughs> yeah, shut up. We talk oh, about I'm... movie names a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I'm out of practice. I'm out of practice. <laughs> yeah, our famous segment: continue the group of movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so there are four sisters they all come home to 
blonde sister's house, which happens to be an enormous country mansion for some reason, and it's never really explained other than like, oh, this was my family's home, but like that's, she married a guy. Oh, and it's immediately unrelatable oh cool i'm watching the struggles of a bunch of rich assholes i know it's like they're all ridiculously wealthy anyway sorry so liz hurley is one of the sisters and she's like liz hurley which is um, the only redeeming feature of this entire movie is that liz hurley is just a full liz hurley the entire time which is just great are you a lesbian I wouldn't claim that. Um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, blonde blonde Christmas sister is it, her only stage direction seems to be you're constantly stressed out about everything, no matter what. Uh, and then there's the other sister who is her only stage direction is you like the Beatles. <laughs> everything you do is about the Beatles. Every word you say is going to be about the Beatles. And then there's a fourth sister, which is like, I travel a lot and I also have sex with a lot of people. That's my that's my character direction. And so they all come together for this Christmas at the house for some unknown reason because none of them like each other. And I'm like, why are you spending Christmas together if none of you like each other? That's just Christmas, baby. And their mother's there as well with John Cleese, who seems to be the gardener of this like mansion for some reason and then well the con's not going to maintain itself they just have they just have a bunch of tension they just do things for whatever reason there's a lot about a rolls royce from liz hurley's boyfriend um and then they just have conversations which go nowhere then kelsey grammar just shows up out of nowhere with his girlfriend because he's back (laughs) with his girlfriend who is like the same age as his daughters or his younger daughters it is a plot point in the film though but it happens literally like 25 minutes in Anyway, so then they have a Christmas market for some reason, which they're deeply involved in setting up and planning for some reason. And then they get drunk and sing a song at a bar and they're all like happy together. And the movie ends because that was the natural place. (laughs) And the movie movie. ends. That's the natural place where it finishes. But then there's still half an hour to go. They all come back. So long. Well, the power has to go the third act on the, in this movie is is heavy. <laughs> they all come. They all come back from the bar, and Kelsey Grammer's new wife has done the American thing because she comes from America, and she set lights up around the entire mansion. Which can I just say, the mansion was already decorated for Christmas and already had lights, but she's done like crazy ones. She American. she connects the power, and it all goes out. And I just literally can't remember what happens from there. Oh, Liz Hurley gets pregnant. That's right. No, there's this whole plot line where the main character's Mm. husband thinks that she's pregnant, but it's already established that they haven't had sex in a year and a half. So he thinks, he naturally assumes, oh, well, this is definitely my wife's pregnancy test and she's cheating on me. Because he he finds it in the rubbish bin of of their ensuite bathroom. Mm. Yeah, to be fair, that that is actually an airtight plot point, Ojo. (laughs) No, I just think you'd ask ask something, you know? Like, he immediately jumps to the worst-case scenario. Um, It turns out John Cleese is one of the daughter's real dad. Um, Yeah, well, and uh, actually, it does end so that you find out that... Because everyone's like, oh, you're such an asshole, Kelsey Grammer. Um, I wish Father, I wish you, Father Christmas, had never come back. Oh, because also, by um, the way, this is then, the first time he's ever been back for yeah. Christmas since they were all and like And you find teenagers. out that it was actually yeah. that their mum had cheated on him with, Ke- with, uh, John, with Cleese. John Cleese, the, the groundkeeper playing himself. And they... <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Um, and so that was why he left kind of thing. It was actually, no, no, your mum's a slag. And so that's why she's the bad parent, not your dad. But I'm such a good guy that I just stayed yeah. away forever, yeah, even after you all became adults and you totally could have handled that information. And like I was, I, I will, I will concede that revealing that he was cheated on makes him a little bit more of a sympathetic character. But they try to make you sympathize him way before that, and it I is. was just like, absolutely not! Like this guy is a horrible person. He's absentee and Father Christmas, <laughs> and you're trying to make me think that like maybe there's some some more to him. I don't know. I hated this man. I reckon out of all the Netflix movies, Netflix most movies we've watched, this might be either the worst or second. Worst this one. is the anti Klaus from like from <laughs> from Richard's. It's not only one of the worst Netflix Christmas movies. It's it's not only the worst Netflix movie. It's also the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard to even rationalize how this was made. Why did this end up on Netflix? Who what is, is this, this for? But also right. how this attracted John Cleese. Kelsey Grammer oh, yeah, and Liz John Hurley Cleese is the bastion no, of good taste. No, no, but, but, but like these are, and, and but um, Kath, Catherine Quinton as well. Catherine Quinton mm. is a like English actress. She, she plays the mum. She's actually yeah. she's like good. Like she's been in good things, right? Caroline and Quinton. and mm. I just she's in Jonathan Creek. This really this really smacks to me of they they went like oh we've managed to get these stars together for a christmas movie they've all signed on we've got a location which is this beautiful mansion house we've got to film it in a month hmm. let's start planning oh, a oh my god christmas is right around the corner <laughs> let's 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 start planning the script in like 20 days <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, or it's either that or the the way I felt when I was watching, I was like, it's like this is the um telev the TV like the television Christmas special for a TV show I haven't watched. Like this show, Father Christmas. That is, and, and like, and and all of them except for Kelsey Grammer had been regulars on the TV show, and Kelsey Grammer was like the special guest star that they brought in. Yeah, that's such a good Absolutely. call. Absolutely, yeah, and and it feels because there's there's so many things where it's like my investment. They haven't even tried to get me to invest in these characters, and no. it made me think that maybe if they if I'd watched twelve episodes of mm. these characters already maybe then there would be some kind of reason but it, it doesn't meet you halfway and it just feels like you're missing some kind of crucial context to understand <laughs> aj can i just ask you a question as someone yeah. who's deeply involved in in script writing and like a lot of your kind of creative <laughs> energy has been spent on trying to like become a person who understands the the mm. language and the strategy of script Please. writing who's the protagonist of this film uh, I would say natu- naturally, I would say it's the um, the blonde yeah. mother. Who, yeah, it's right? supposed to be her. She is genuinely unlikable in every <laughs> way, and yet we spent. She's the first character that we see on screen. She's the one who is like the the sort of the person who who runs this household. We're meant to. Uh, empathize with her stressing mm. out over her do- sisters all coming to visit for Christmas. Mm. But she, like, we have no, like, there's no inner life. We don't yeah. understand her emotions. And she has one character beat, which is, I'm stressed out about everything. <laughs> it's just, it's so, I'm so, like, it, it, this feels like it's from, like, 2006. Like, the only thing that tells me it's not is the age of the actors in it. But, like, <laughs> it feels so, like, 
it's just the plot points and the ideas feels like it's a script that's been that's been hanging around for over a decade and then people like we finally got it made and it's like this bullshit totally crap and speaking of the age of the actors can we just point out that Mm. john cleese is in his 80s and Mm. i've looked up the age of the actress who's supposed to play his daughter he would Mm. have been in his mid 50s when he fathered her good on him Mm. like that's possible though (laughs) You can yeah. actually still father someone in your mid-50s. Great yeah. news, Jeremy. Keep <laughs> <laughs> popping one out every Netflix miss for the next 25 years. Many, my children. Yeah. I can't wait for you to reveal that you're having another child in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> wait, Have we talked what, about that? I don't, yeah, how, did you, how, was, how did you reveal the first child? I don't know the first child, but the second one... I remember, I made a joke about you not being able to get a boner, and you are like, well, I can, because I used it to impregnate my wife. And then AJ was like, wait, is this you telling us that you're having another kid? <laughs> <laughs> and there was something dumb with your first child as well, I remember you saying... Don't say it, man. <laughs> it's like, there's something dumb with your first child as well. I think it was her name. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, mean, I can't remember. I think it was... Or maybe you just made like a Borat voice joke about man born child. <laughs> and we we're like, wait, are you serious? Oh, I'm sure that the Discord will tell us what it was. Um, <laughs> the, other, the, the other thing that I just want to say before we stop talking about this godforsaken movie, because it is genuinely just, it was repulsive to try and watch. Like my eyes just kept wanting to like <laughs> move a, away from the screen. It's aggressive, like to the 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 audacity to not finish when the Christmas sisters are performing at the bar, and to have another full act. It's like leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the thing that like I and I, I wrote this in a message because I watched this a, I think two days before you guys both watched this, and so mm. I was messaging the group thread. Like my my immediate reactions to things happening with on the no screen context. with no context, <laughs> and it was just like I need to I need people to talk to about this while I'm doing it, and you're all just like, bro, no idea bro, what no the hell you're saying. Right <laughs> but the thing that I the thing that I said that I I feel most passionately about is that watching this film felt like watching three different improv troops all on the same stage that all three of them have three different like word prompts of what they're supposed to be acting out but they just they're all interacting but they don't know what each other is doing and so it's just it's such a mess and there is Mm. not a single likable character in the entire movie one of them got the Beatles as their prompt, though, and, <laughs> and they were the best at it. They nailed it. <laughs> yeah. um, I will just say before we move on, uh, the tagline for this film is, and you think your family's a mess? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, next, uh, next worst one. All right. Yeah. Three, two, one. The, the princess, princess switch switch three, three, romancing the star. Switched, uh, romancing the switched again. <laughs> All right, so princess switch three, romancing the star. This is uh, we're returning to uh, the world of the princess switch. Montanaro, starring, <laughs> Montanaro, yeah, um, starring Vanessa Hudgens, Vanessa Hudgens, and Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, that's right, three Vanessa Hudgenses. Um, uh, presumably all. Um, 
you know, think it's inevitable that people are going to die from the pandemic and that we should just let them die. <laughs> I thought about that while watching it, how like crazy it was that she just said that. Yeah. Like the sweet, the sweet, innocent, wide-eyed actress who we, you know, came to know in, in High School Musical. There's a video clip of her being like, well, people just die. <laughs> this, is how, this is how we know that like the, the criminal version of Vanessa Hudgens in this movie, which is the main character of this movie, yeah. is mm. the closest one to her real personality <laughs> yeah um i yeah. will just say so on father christmas is back um uh does not have a rotten tomato score but it does have 10 percent audience score um that's an abysmal audience score. thanks, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thanks yeah. for bringing Very us back um, thanks for bringing us back to that movie the, i really wanted to um, return just to lead into the fact that uh princess switch 3 has uh 30 percent critic score um that makes sense. All right. So, yeah, this is... Uh, unfortunately, we don't get an extra Vanessa Hudgens in this one. Um, Which is bullshit. Why would you make this movie? Two in, the f- <laughs> two in the first one, three in the second one. Um, and then this one, uh, it doesn't... Uh, the tagline for this film was Mary Switchmas as well. Um, so so I, I thought there was going to be a fourth one. And I actually messaged the two of you while I was watching this going like, I'm predicting it. I'm predicting it now. There's going to be a fourth Vanessa Hudgens because when she talked about her mother and her mother leaving mm. her and they, and they showed like right. her mother's hands, they had flashbacks to her as a little girl, like being left at her boarding school uh, as a child by her mother who mm. like flew away for Christmas. And then it was clear to me that obviously they're going to, at some stage in the movie, bring her mother back and there's going to have to be a reunion. Fully, fully expected this to be Vanessa Hudgens aged up playing her own mother. That would have been mm. fucking hilarious. Like, too, why yeah. would you not do that? Yeah, that's a good idea. AJ, do you want to give us a price of what this one's about? I can try. Um, so... Uh, there's this, they, the, so I'm going to assume people know what the other two are about, uh, before launching into this The, the one. first one's so, a Prince and the Pauper thing, and then yeah. the second one is like, there's a third one who's evil and wants to take the throne. Mm. Yeah. And so in this one, um, there is this, uh, Star of Peace thing. It's like a, it's like a gift given to them by another fictional nation. Um, and uh, the they're, Vatican? They're, not a fictional no, I th- nation. <laughs> I refuse to recognize the Vatican as a state. Um, anyway, they give them this thing, and Jeremy, it's like that's you the take- fun- that's like the fu- like the funniest anyone has ever found anything. <laughs> like, they've been given this by another fictional nation. I'm like, you mean the Vatican? I think here, I'm here. I'm on AJ's side that it's pretty. A, I also don't recognize the Vatican. B, I, I, I don't think it's that unfair to assume that if this movie that you fucking barely remember, um, that they would have made up a nation. <laughs> and just, and, and like, what, it's like 50 50 <laughs> to say, they made up a nation, I'm sure. It's it's funny because you like when you were doing the pricey for Father Christmas's back, Jeremy. I had to fight the masculine urge to make fun of every single word you chose, <laughs> just because that's how these po- that's the energy of these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, I accept you you picking on anything I say. Go for it. It's part of the game. I don't want to be able to get through five five words without someone pulling apart a specific word choice. Why would you fight that urge? It's the entire basis of our entire. Like this whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so there's a star of peace. It's this, this. What is it? It's like a sculpture. Uh, and yeah, they it's, give a, it. it's a star. It presumably once belonged to Saint Nicholas himself. Yeah, right. Big gold, given, big gold thing with lots of jewels on it. Yeah, it's given to the kingdom, and then someone steals it, and they're like, "Oh no, someone stole it. Who did it?" And then they work out like this: this villain has it in his vault and so they need to steal it back and they're like well the only person we know who's capable of such a devious act is uh evil vanessa hudgens fiona. uh fiona and so they break her out of it's not like she's not exactly in prison she's working at a convent right she's, like, yeah she's, she's doing community service at a convent that's right yeah. yeah and so they get her to essentially devise uh dare i say a heist um, to steal back the thing. Well, which crucially, is like she, very... has to, she has to get in touch with her underworld contract contacts to find out mm. who has the star yeah. first and yeah. then devise the plan with said hot lover boy. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels so... It feels so Mormon to make your heist movie where you're still the good guys. Like, surely part of the allure of doing a heist movie is that you're the, the, the criminals, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, did you did you understand the title for this film, AJ? Romancing the Star. Yeah. Uh, because of Romancing the Stone. Yeah, I didn't get that until like a few days later when a friend of the podcast, Carla, I said I was supposed to do something with her. I said I'm just finishing. Oh, I I I, mean, I just finished the film, but I, I said something about um. Princess Switch 3 remains in the star. Or I said, oh, it's the worst thing I've seen since Princess Switch 3 remains in the star. And he said, I hope the star was sufficiently romanced. And then it clicked and I was like, ah, because the whole time I was like, which one's supposed to be the star? But then realizing, oh, they're, they're actually the MacGuffin of the film is a right. star. Because I had read the title months earlier and just assumed mm. like, oh yeah, there's going to be a celebrity Vanessa Hudgens. I, I never got too. the idea yeah. out of my head that yeah, star so. referred to celebrity. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, I realized, oh, it's like, because there's the the line in Romancing the Stone. It's like, yeah, well, at least I'm trying to grab the stone on, on, instead of romancing it out from under her. And it's like, yeah, that's what they're trying to do. They're, and so it's it's a weird title. It's a mm. weird thing to reference. Um, mm. And not the only weird uh, title, which is a reference to another movie we're going to be covering, or two movies, in fact. <laughs> so the yeah. the... If, if the the way the movie ends up being framed is they make Fiona the lead character. Most she gets most of the screen time, and this is Vanessa Hudgens doing this voice, darling, and which is clearly the character she has the most fun playing, mm. probably the best of the three, and the reason why I think the Princess Switch Two is the best one. <laughs> um, but and maybe uh, it's the Jack Sparrow effect where like maybe this character doesn't work as the lead, right, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Um, not that I, these movies need to be judged on any metric similar to actual good movies, because I say I think it's the worst of the Princess Switch movies, yeah. but that's not to say the others are at all good movies. Well, yeah, because because when we like logged this and people on our Discord saw that we got such, lo- they were surprised. They were like, "What?" And it's like, "No, what are you talking about? <laughs> these movies are garbage." <laughs> yeah, uh, like every year we convince ourselves that we like these movies, and. In, in, in a week's time, they'll announce a Princess Switch 4. And the three of us in our private group chat will be like, fuck yes, fourth Vanessa and be like super excited about it. I listened back, I've been listening back in, in anticipation for our most disappointing films of 2021 and to our most anticipated from the start of the year. And the way we talk about there being a third Princess Switch film, <laughs> where, where all of us are excited. And it's like, 
you listened to our Netflix was from last year, and we hated it. <laughs> I think that I bring um, the 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 part of the puzzle, the Netflixmas puzzle that I bring to the trio as the person that refuses to admit that these movies are good. I feel like you guys, uh, and it, it's well. a it's a formula that works. You guys give yourself over more to it. I feel like my insanity is my role in this uh, story. Um, Here's what here's okay, what I think of this right, movie, Mr. Protagonist. Here's what I no, not at all. I'm the I'm not the protagonist. The protagonist will be the person that you're, you're that the likes you're, you're the Fiona of the group. You get to have the most fun, but you don't really work as the lead. <laughs> no, 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 you shouldn't be a protagonist. You're supposed to be an antagonist and never take the spotlight. Right. Okay. Okay. So, I think that uh, if you are making a third Princess Switch movie and you've established in the second one that you add another. Vanessa Hudgens to the cast. I think it is unforgivable to even consider <laughs> irresponsible to even consider making another one where you don't add add, add at least one more Vanessa Hudgens. There should be three more cast. added in this film. Yeah, it's there like making be. another indie movie and not including Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I think that it's just so it's so um it's boring and you're setting yourself immediately for all those people god we might be i was about to say for all the people like holding out for this one to see a new <laughs> vanessa hudgens added but i just realized we're probably the only people in the universe that watch these movies under this context <laughs> <laughs> like making fun of it and these are probably more watched by their target demographic who probably don't have too much wrong with them mm. um yeah, target but- demographic um kate who will be listening to this until i work it. kate <laughs> loves these movies hi kate <laughs> <laughs> should bring her on um, <laughs> Re- replace aj with kate next year start a petition in the in the tr- discord we should like it would be yeah. great this great perspective to have someone it was just like, like yeah. when we discuss vanessa hudgens movies like aj just has to take a step back and kate comes forward like, she's like all right everyone i'm the voice yeah. of reason <laughs> yeah so and I, I think as well is that like you, you, I've, I'm going to repeat a thought from last Netflixmas, which was like, it is a very funny idea to me to, um, of all the actresses that you give this franchise that's based around her playing different characters, mm. you give it to someone whose acting ability is not especially notable, <laughs> whose like characterization is not especially unique from movie to movie. But to, to on like on top of that, I would say. She she not only does a good job of playing three distinct characters, she does a good job of playing three distinct characters who end up playing mm. each other, like pretending to be each other. And you can tell the difference between American Vanessa Hudgens and um and uh, English Vanessa Hudgens pretending to be American Vanessa Hudgens. And in this one, they all at one point end up playing Fiona, the evil one. Uh, and... It's not quite the sting isn't quite as potent. It's not as not as as good mm. as the um the the second one. But I did think seeing uh very you know prop, prim and proper English Vanessa Hudgens having to pretend to be like dirty criminal Chef. Vanessa Hudgens, I thought I thought that was quite sexy. And I think this is the the sexiest princess switch of the three. The tango scene. The tango scene. The tango. I was there for it, man. Yeah. It's sexy stuff, and I think I just think the idea of of watching someone whose entire characterization is that they're sensible, watching her have to be like a little bit sultry, I, yeah. and I'm into it. <laughs> and realizing, and also like it was a bit like it was a bit risque, really. When it's just like mm. the inference was he was like 
kept wanting her to come upstairs with him yeah, with a yeah. clear inference that was like let's go upstairs and bang yeah, for and sure. she's yeah. just like oh quickly let's dance instead mm. but mm. the the one thing i would say about this movie is that in in kind of in train with what you guys are saying the whole point of these movies is novelty right mm. and yeah, so yeah. like you've been saying about like you why on earth wouldn't you keep adding another mm. vanessa hudgens character is like we watch these movies it's like a really really schlocky soap opera like you watch it because you just want to go oh my gosh i can't believe how ridiculous (laughs) that is that's so crazy and nothing Mm. about this movie was crazy they tried to turn the princess switch movies and the franchise both into kind of a heist but also like a romantic comedy with the evil uh, with fiona and Mm. like her lover boy like guy but also turned it into this like backstory of her recovering from childhood trauma of being left by a parent and like having to repair that and stuff it was just like what are you trying to accomplish with this film it was like Mm. just crazy and also crazy that in in two christmas films this year the ones i watched (laughs) back to back you have Father Christmas a, You have a parent who was a completely absent parent and is established to be a terrible parent coming back and within like five minutes of the film trying to be like, Oh no, actually we should totally reunite and you should forgive me and like totally erase all the yeah, yeah. like hurt yeah. just Weird, because I'm saying sorry now. Both played by Kelsey Grammer as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, am I, I am I remembering correctly? Was Rose McKay from the last one? Was there a little cameo? Yes, yes. In the in the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yes. The Aldovian. That was fun. That was fun. What if so? Fiona is is Margaret's cousin. Is that correct? Yes. What does it make you when you're the cousin to a princess? Nothing. Princess's what? cousin. Nothing. Because it just seems very hard that someone in royalty could abandon their child like it feels like they're spotlighted and you, you know like how hard is it to to be a, an absent mother when your sister is the well, queen montanaro is a bit backwards with those kind of things i think it's pretty well <laughs> documented um I, I will say as well and in, in, in defense of these films every film has had one shot where i've been like that was cool yeah like there's what one shot like one you know continuously moving shot where the t- two Vanessa Hudgens will interact or it'll transition in the middle of the scene. And it's like, you can work out how they did it, but it's like, that's cool. But it's you, actually, you, yeah. It's you didn't actually, have to do that. You, it's it, amazing. Like, you could have done that in a static shot, but you did something fun with it. And I can appreciate that from a technical standpoint. I think this feels more like a spin-off to the main Princess Switch series than than a um a third part i think this should have just been called romancing the star and been explicitly set in the same universe and not have the other two in it and just be about Fiona. the fun character mm-hmm. you know because well you have you I have think- people that don't look like vanessa hudgens at all get ashley tisdale in and, and have her play <laughs> um another person who has to pretend to be fiona mm. yeah I will just give a shout out though, um, as I as I now do in these um, in these podcasts, the production values. Can I just say, like, there it is that that Merry Christmas, this movie, the, the, <laughs> the sets, the locations. I mean, it's all filmed in Edinburgh, and like they just have the houses, they have the grand buildings, they like the way that they're decorated for Christmas. Like, I watched this with my wife and with who? My wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and both of us just were like ah oh, 
this movie was terrible, but just watching us kind of put us in a feel for Christmas mm. because there was snow and everything. Production was just like, value very nice. So like, <laughs> so, they're like so lavishly decorated for Christmas, and I just like I wanted to go visit that house that is the palace for Montanaro. It's so beautiful. How many more chances are you going to give the series, though, Jeremy? How? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How long until the production values just isn't enough? When they reduce it so there's, only, there's probably only going to be one Vanessa Hudgens in the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will, the, will the production values be good enough then? That's my question. Well, basically, I'm, I'm going to give it to when Vanessa Hudgens has her hair done by the same woman who does uh, Rose McIver's hair in, Prince, in A Christmas <laughs> oh, Prince. Uh, the the part that really pissed me off in this movie is when um, they they they're doing the heist and they leave without Fiona and then the driver who's like one of her manservants or something sees her in the reflection of the of the the rearview uh, uh, mirror and he he reverses and opens the door and says come with me if you want to live and I was like what why are they what doing the a dang Terminator? Heck? Why are they doing a Terminator reference? And then later on, um, the the upper class British husband of American Vanessa Hudgens is like, I'm sort of like that pointy ear bat fellow, and you're like that that feline lady. And I'm just like, why are they? Who do they mean? Shut. I just it's it I, un, unprompted pop cultural references piss me off. I guess like I, I, it, it I, I completely agree you, with you. you it, it, yeah, really. It like. It, <laughs> It rings really hollow that, like, especially these people who are supposed to be kind of like royalty, well, not, mm. not kind of like royalty, they actually are royalty. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like <laughs> making some daggy, like, really crappy reference to Batman. And it's just like, mm. no. Although, do you man, think it's because the, the boyfriends across the country, across the world, that are going to be forced to watch this with their 20 something girlfriends, as in the girlfriend's age is 20 something? <laughs> They're not, no. They don't have. Maybe they do. I'm not judging. But anyway, do you think it's 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 like the in the same way that like adult jokes are in Shrek and it's for the parents? Do you think this right, is yeah. something for the movie buff boyfriends who are being made to be like they mean Batman? <laughs> they That's mean Terminator. Terminator. I fucking love Terminator. Eh? <laughs> oh babe, oh babe, you never get. You, oh, this movie gets me, man. <laughs> but because it's so obtuse, it's more of a how do you do, fellow kids vibe mm. to it. How do you do, fellow movie buffs? Maybe it's in there for us. Maybe they know we review these movies yeah. on the podcast. Well, all right, that brings us to the end of Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star. Uh, we've only got two films left. Well, what a film and a short film, actually, really. And so, yeah, uh, next worst one on the count of three. Three. Well, counting down to one. Um, oh, my God. I nearly said it. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. One Robin, Robin, love hard. I'm oh. kind of on the fence. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh let's let's do Robin, Robin. I thought this would be next. obvious. Really? Uh, you guys uh, reckon Robin, Robin's worse than Love Hard? Yeah. Uh, I think there's more. There's I think Love Hard's a better one to finish on. There's more to um, talk about. Yeah, 
Robin right. Roberts just like this one was cute. This was nice. Like I, I think as well talking about it, like the whole thing of the expectations. Robin Robin is really nice, and I was expecting it to be really nice. Love Heart, I was like, this is gonna be fucking garbage. And I was like, that wasn't the worst thing we've ever seen. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, well, but yeah, they, they, they're actually they kind of meet in the middle for me there's because a, there's, of that. A, there's a general quality to both of them, which means yeah, that they're 100%. not bad to watch. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't feel like I, I, I like these ones. I don't feel like I wasted my time. No. But I, but yeah, like for the sake of finishing on an actual movie, let, we'll do Robin Robin now. Uh, Robin okay. Robin is a thirty-minute uh, special uh, by Ardman Animation, who you might know from doing uh, Pirates, Band of Misfits. Most famously did uh, obviously Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. Flushed was away, it, uh, uh, flushed uh, away. Fir- yeah. First Man, or what, no, what was the? Oh, uh, what is that called? Early Man. Early Man, yeah. Um, yeah, early man Wait, and pirates, that, man and misfits. Uh, wasn't that Leica? Early man? No, you're thinking of Missing Link. I am thinking of Missing. That's that, that's like <laughs> I always do that to you, and that might be the first time when, like, legitimately, that is what you're thinking of. Was it? Was it that Prometheus and Bob? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robin, Robin. Yeah. So um, this one, yeah, it's about. Um, uh, a robin egg that hatches with a gr- in front of a group of mice um and she grows up believing that she's a mouse um she <laughs> sets off on the heist to end all heists uh going to indb to prove to her family that she can be a really good mouse but ends up discovering who she really is um so yeah it's all about she's trying to steal this um the star she's, the well she's a really shithouse mouse yeah because, because she's, she's she, she wants to be sneaky but robins aren't sneaky i don't know if she um she believe she grows up believing she's a mouse because there's no moment where she like looks at her reflection and is like, wait a minute, I'm not a mouse at <laughs> I all. Have wings. Like she she just sort of knows that she's a robin, but behaves like a mouse. Yeah, tries yeah. tries to be be as much like a mouse as yeah, possible. Yeah, it's mm. it's it's about trying to fit in, I guess. There, but it's like, mm. yeah, because whenever the mice have to do mice shit, it's primarily involves sneaking which robin isn't great at yeah um and, and sneaking to steal just to be clear to steal food from inside humans houses yeah and um doesn't yeah, not believe like that she can fly diamonds yeah yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> like, not quite the heist to end all heists but <laughs> no um but she ends up uh yeah teaming up with this magpie voiced by voiced quite uh beautifully by richard e grant best part of the whole movie um who sort of teaches her about how to be a well gives her the tools to teach herself about how to be a bird um and there's also yeah. a cat voiced by uh jillian anderson who she has to get away from um and there's music yeah the, yeah yeah the music's weird hey like real weird because it, jillian anderson cannot sing well <laughs> it's it's this weird thing where it's like yeah it's not breaking they're not like it's not a musical in the sense that like i mean it is but it's not like done like a musical where it's like they break into song and dance it's, it's just di- a it's few diegetic. lines into something they're like you're like oh they're singing <laughs> like, actually no it's not diegetic it's non-diegetic no no it's not it is diegetic but most musicals are diegetic that's why you confuse yourself <laughs> yeah there's an interesting thing um where yeah like so the magpie is showing off his stuff and he sings a parody of see my vest which you should should be a parody of be our guest from um from beauty the beast beauty the beast but it's more explicitly referencing like the the, the see my vest from the substance yeah the rhythm of the lyrics and also the way that he is moving and what he's singing about and what he's singing about is so much more mr burns and see my 
see my vest yeah. than Lumiere from Be Our Guest. And right, because I just thought it was a parody of Be My Guest. I didn't really understand why you guys were saying it was See My Vest. Well, it was. It's just so bizarre because I, yeah. out of the blue, while I was watching it, messaged the group saying like, "Whoa, crazy! A See My Vest parody." And Richard was like, "Oh my gosh, totally!" I yeah. like because I, I was thinking the I same thought. thing. I was like, "This is." See my vest, yeah. Like, but the the way he's bouncing around, and he's showing off. I mean, he does MB, I guess, as well. Maybe, maybe what I'm thinking of is just that I'm much more familiar with see my vest. No, but no, I, I think, think I think you might be onto something. But I think what it is, it's it's the I'd say it's the for me it was the worst part of the movie and a, and a complete disaster because I think they were trying to parody uh, be my guest, which is already a weird decision to have a parody song in your movie where none of the other songs are parodies mm. anyway. Um, but the person who composed it and wrote it is obviously more familiar with See My Vest and so it comes off more yeah. as that. Yeah. It I, shouldn't be a parody of See My Vest. If you're going to do one of them, it should be the original. The idea of a parody of a parody, frankly, makes me sick. Um, <laughs> so Especially God. in an original film. But what's, yeah, what's, yeah. what's crazy, I, I think what's, what's actually going on is that Be Our Guest is about welcoming the character in and putting on a show for them whereas the magpie is going around and showing uh Robin all of his stuff that he's collected which is exactly what's happening with Mr Burns and see my vest where he's showing like all the different animal things that he's got so I think that's probably putting you in the frame of mind of thinking of see my vest more than be our guest and also weirdly the song isn't actually the same tune and the same melody as C right. as B be our guest or see my vest the whole way through there's just mm. a significant segment a, of it chunk, that yeah. dips into it which is such a weird choice well, and it's yeah. also I'm that's glad, kind of I'm how glad they, you guys also think it's weird that's how they worried. treat the music as well that it's like it's they don't have songs they just start singing for a little bit yeah it's weird and kind of yeah. it's also because both characters who have songs are just basically speak singing. Yeah. And it very, mm. and again, another movie that it reminds me of, it reminds me of um, uh, Jermaine Clement in uh, Moana. It's kind oh, of yeah. that, it's, it's right. a weird totally. character moment of like, I'm going to be a character that's going to sing a song for some reason. But yeah, it's like a character who realizes they're in a musical, but didn't get the, the, the sheets. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of this being said, I thought this was perfectly pleasant. Um, I didn't love it, but I thought the animation was very nice. And I'd love to see. I'd love to see a feature length, um, you know, version of this. These characters mm. and my story, overall comment is not a Christmas movie. Like oh, this a, movie, as much as a Christmas film. movie, this, no, 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 but, but not a not a Christmas short film. Like this, this. Well, it's a Christmas if, TV. Special. If you remove the Christmas tree from inside the house. And the magpie just says, you know, like d- doesn't have that whole monologue that was clearly like retconned in when Netflix was like, yeah, we'll buy it from you, but you'll have to make it about Christmas. Um, you're underestimating how long it takes to animate things and how early those assets <laughs> would have been put no, in but place. Like, obviously they, Especially stop motion. They have, to get, they have to get a buyer before they do all the work, right? So like they would have pitched this around and Netflix would have know, probably actually. just been like, hey, yeah, we'll buy it from you as long as you make it a Christmas movie. Mm, Netflix sometimes commission, but they sometimes just buy what's something that's already been made. I'm not sure what the deal is. with. Sure, but like all they, I'm they saying acquire. is that this movie yeah. feels like like it's the same sort of thing as a Pixar short film before the the feature, although it's much yeah. longer because it has that like one character who's out of place and then they learn something and that's kind well, of the whole the point Olaf of it. Short they did, which was like thirty minutes. 
Yeah, yeah, but but so this this movie is really about Robin and the mouse thing, and the fact that it happens at Christmas time really has no bearing on the rest of the film, and it barely. I think you for could me, say that about any Christmas film. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, why? Thirty you know, Fourth Street could easily have it on any street. <laughs> I I think I think we need to, as as a culture and as a society, drop like, what the fuck is a Christmas movie? What is this weird like categorization everyone's requiring for different movies to be Christmas movies? There either are Christmas movies or there aren't Christmas oh, movies. No. You can't, AJ's like, gone like, existential. I just I just like the, the whole Die Hard thing, right? Which is so. Like we'll get we're about to, that, to talk AJ. about, we're we'll about to talk to about that. But the question, <laughs> yeah. like when people, people like you know, they get they get red in their eye and their the spittles foam, they're foaming at the mouth, and they're like, "Die Hard is a Christmas movie." It's like, what is a Christmas movie? What do you mean? It takes place at Christmas. What is this? What is this? It takes place at Christmas. Then Robin Robin's a Christmas movie. AJ, I love that you right now are the person who is like going off about people getting weirdly passionate about meaningless things to do with movies. <laughs> do you know, Jeremy, do you know what one of your greatest skills is? <laughs> is like you bring the conversation to a 10, someone matches you, and then you go to a five and go, okay. <laughs> Takes one to know one, Richard. Jer- Jeremy Don't makes the audacious claim. <laughs> Jeremy makes the audacious claim that this Christmas movie isn't a Christmas movie. As a good, as a, you know, a responding podcaster, I go yes and and build it, and then he goes, "You're fucking weird for caring about this shit." <laughs> All right, okay. Why do you give a shit, weirdo? Okay, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're picking up my vibe, AJ. It's good. It's good. <laughs> oh, again, it's good podcasting. Having said all of that about Robin Robin, I do think it is absolutely beautiful. Like the, Aww. I haven't, I haven't oh, actually seen. Me. Oh, you had a heart God. under there. Stop. <laughs> and on that day, his heart. <laughs> um, no, but that I have never seen animation with that kind of fuzzy texture before. Yeah, like stop motion yeah. with that kind of fuzzy felt. Yeah, like not clay. Yeah, and just seeing like between each frame how like the the, the fuzz. It the fuzz slightly moving. Mm. It's kind of like Fantastic Mr. Fox in that way. Yeah, which is, um, Fantastic right, Mr. Yeah, Fox yeah. Is, is, I'm sorry, Ardman, but that might be like the most beautifully animated yes. slow motion I've seen. so, so Oh, actually, Kubo's fucking beautiful. Yeah, but like in terms of, like I'm Still so used Ardman. to seeing stop yeah. motion in, in clay, but seeing it in this, in this soft sort of texture yeah. was just really nice. That was really nice. Yeah. If Worth anything, the they shouldn't have made it so so beautiful because Ardman never really f- seemed like they were going for beautiful. Mm. Like they were going for like they're staying cartoony, right? yeah. Because they've got like I mean, even in this, they've got like their mouths in every Ardman film look the same. Even when they did flushed away, which was three D animated, it's mm. still the same character designs. Yeah, yeah. with mm. that sort of ring mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but not in this. Not anymore. No, they do still have Fuck a little off, bit of Sean that, the sheep. Um, oh, okay. design. But uh, I, okay, so one film left, and three, two, one. Love, Love her. Red notice. Oh. <laughs> home alone. Home, home sweet home alone. If this was Disney Plusmas, we could have done Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah, and we did. What was the what Noel last year? Was it Bill Hader? Was that, that was what it was called? Oh, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alrighty, so Love Hard is a romantic comedy. It's this year's um, holiday. 
um so (laughs) this film uh is uh, about a a a journalist like a um she's like a dating column writer um for like a buzzfeed yeah a job that that still exists it still exists (laughs) (laughs) um so she documents her disastrous dating life on this on dating apps and whatnot and then she ends up um expanding her radius meets a guy who lives in uh, lake placid um in new york and falls in love and says i'm gonna write the best article ever about going to the other side of the country to meet this perfect guy i'll fall in love with she gets there and discovers that he's not perfect he's actually asian um <laughs> which is treated as if like <laughs> but- <laughs> here, here, here is here is the the um the really interesting grappling that this movie has to do with itself is i think they want to go um she turns up and he's a nerd he's not he's not who that who she yeah. expects him to be right but then another part of the casting department is like well we should make him chinese so that we've got a more diverse cast <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately filmmakers the implication here is that it's because he's chinese and and they make they try to they try to nip it in the bud very fast. He's like, "You've never dated a Chinese guy before," and she's like, "No, I have, but I knew." Yeah, no, yeah, you know, yeah. What he it's, like. it's funny, yeah, like having to be like, "You're not who you said you were. I don't have a problem with who you are, but mm. you deceived me." Um, but so anyway, she gets there, but then turns out the the this guy um, whose name is uh, Josh, um, played by Jimmy O Yang is um actually knows the guy in the photos they weren't just stock photos he uses actually his old best friend from from high school and says all right if you pretend because as when she shows up to his house unannounced uh his parents are like holy shit like uh we never thought we'd see a girl show up to our son's house um you know as, as a as a day and says well okay pretend to be my girlfriend until christmas and i will get you tag i will tell you how to get him essentially so she now begins to create what she what josh tells her is the perfect girl for tag um you know he's into like rock climbing and hikes and all stuff so she's essentially now pretending to be someone she isn't to attract this guy um and then obviously because it's a rom-com she does end up falling in love with josh um and tag finds out about this whole charade that um that they and he gets all pissed off but yeah they, they, they end up fighting and then and also, they end up being kind of pressured into getting engaged during this time. Yes, by because because um, Josh's older brother, who's played by Harry Shum Jr., in a great role for him, oh. is like the perfect older brother for his family, and it's just constantly over like over outshining his younger brother, and Josh is totally over it. Yeah, so. I thought, okay, I'm going to use the word inoffensive um, here. I thought it was a relatively inoffensive movie. Sure, it has somewhat offensive uh, things in it, but um, in terms of, you know, the guy catfishing a girl, still getting the girl, this kind of thing. Um, But it's it's a fairly watchable, enjoyable romantic comedy. Um, Mm. I'm not necessarily going to say that I laughed out loud at any points um but i did i liked the characters i thought they had good chemistry um i yeah i thought nina dobrev and jimmy yang were both perfectly likable uh yeah good chemistry and 
But you know, I ended up find, kind of finding myself rooting for them. I I thought they had bad chemistry, but please go on. Well, I, all I all I have is that they had good chemistry. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I didn't. Be, I I could maybe believe that they became friends. I didn't sense right. I, my romantic radar wasn't going off between them at all. Um, and that was one of the big critiques I had of it. And when you said somewhere I saw you say that it had good chemistry, I was like, that's very interesting because I disagree. Um, but because you're my friend, I didn't tell you that I disagreed with you because that's what friends do. I wish you'd been honest with me. <laughs> well, speaking I like of a that, goddamn I fool. Think, I think the stupidest, I don't like this movie, and I think the stupidest part of this movie is when um, basically the lie comes unraveled, as it does in these kinds of movies, um, and lo and behold, it's in front of a whole crowd of people who have come to believe one thing and it's not true, and, and like it takes a page out of like 90s sitcom uh, mm. trope book where the guy she's pretending to date and the guy she's secretly wanting to date are at the same party and she has to pretend to be each hilarious right for Um, mishaps right for mishaps um and then there's a part where where after she she has to explain everything to this whole crowd of people and um tag the guy she actually likes um says like right so when you told me that you liked rock climbing <laughs> uh, or when you liked this or when you liked that you were just lying to me and then he essentially makes the point that you pretending to like the same things as this person you have a crush on is just as bad as catfishing someone <laughs> over tinder which is like not only is that not true but every fucking person in the world pretends to like things that the person they have a crush on likes that's part of the the mm. fun game of romance right like it's it's she's she's basically just trying to impress him it's very innocent and not not at all the same thing as um catfishing someone so that they move across the country that's to see the you. end of the tag storyline as well is it really P- pretty that's much so it's funny. like he's so unequivocally done with her after that point um but also i think they do plant the seeds that like tag is like not the best dude and really i thought they they went out of their way to make him not a straw man and not like he's he's a perfectly nice guy. They have no like he's so clearly not the guy that she wants to be with because basically they make it that he's a he's really into Thoreau the the writer and she right. hates Thoreau like she and but ah, she pretends to like that writer and because it's like liking Thoreau mm. is kind of not just about liking the the writing it also implies mm. that he's the kind of guy who would like Thoreau and she's like Ugh, right. those guys and but she kind of like mm. she swallows that bile because he's hot and so the whole thing from from like the very beginning of when josh is teaching her how to be kind of the kind of girl that that guy likes you become very aware of the fact that like oh this is based on very shaky foundations Mm. because he is not that kind of guy well that's the thing like like what i was saying about him not being like super like like, it, it, it is very much like if you're not into rock climbing, you can get fucked. Like <laughs> it, it, it's he's not explicitly like a dickhead, but it is like he's mm. he's shallow essentially. Um, and right. We get that. I I I guess I guess my only the only thing I can say there is that the amount of <laughs> he's so hot. I forgive it. 
the the amount of concentration that my brain was putting into watching this movie is the same as its Ron Tomato score, which is fifty percent. And um, I Very just good. thought because because he also had a literary preference, that was the same as her. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, it's like they're both in the like, books. Who gives a shit? <laughs> no, it's legit. Because because I was expecting it to be like he's just a total meathead who's completely wrong for her, but he proved that he had some kind of like intellectual understanding of literature and i was like oh interesting they're gonna do it so that he's not the opposite of her but they have they just made them both intellectuals which i guess i wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah i also saw this movie a month ago and barely remember yeah this this weirdly was like the most i've paid attention to a movie in quite a long time <laughs> um where I, yeah, I don't think i touched my phone once during this film um i was just so enamored with the characters and their chemistry of which they had plenty but i one one thing that that, that we did say we would um we would talk about we'd come back around to is that this film has the the weird for 2021 big through line of like did you know die hard is a christmas movie no it's Mm. not well if you think about it it takes place at christmas and blah 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 and so this is the whole thing of like this is how they have their first great chat on the dating app because uh natalie the main character is you know, adamant that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, whereas Josh prefers Love Actually. Now, for eagle-eyed viewers at home, you will notice that the title of the film is actually made up of those two titles: Love, the Love Taken from Love Actually, and the Hard Taken from Die Hard. You're left with the title Love Hard, which is a it like which leaves die actually <laughs> yeah the sequel presumably when um josh passes away but <laughs> uh but the film does end with um the moment from love actually with the cards like say it's carolers um and it's 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 josh apologizing to her right yeah because she mm. they've sort of gone their separate ways and um, then she sees that Josh has a profile on his dating app, which is actually him. And she's like, oh, this is nice that he's, you know. Mm. And then he shows up at her house, does the thing. No, she shows she up shows, at his sorry, house. Sorry, yeah, she shows up at his house and does the cards thing um, and says something like, you know, do, do you want to be with me, whatever. And then he writes on the, his card, yippee ki motherfucker, which got me. I thought that was such a nice, I thought it was a great it was moment. Clever. It was it, clever. It was a fun moment and it was a nice little payoff to the, love actually die hard thing that just Mm. weirdly was throughout the movie and also it was the film's only f-bomb and i don't know that i've ever seen a film's single f-bomb be written down and that kind of got to me i was like (laughs) it really got to me but i'm like that that kind of like it it surprised me and and, you know i had this i had this i had an an actual reaction to it compared that to last year and and like I, i honestly think like the this is actually so comparable to Holiday from last year, yeah. Um, which was the uh, Emma Roberts film, which was essentially just like a romantic comedy that tried to break it, all the conventions. Well, and it's like it's a fairly middle of the road rom com. It's like it's not that bad. And as and if Netflix just put out one Christmas rom com a year, and it was and if it was of that quality, there would be like it wouldn't be that noteworthy. I would maybe watch them, but Holiday did this weird thing where it was weirdly explicit. Like in the in the first five minutes, there was like talk of uh, cum swallowing, um, whereas this film stayed relatively wholesome throughout the whole thing, and I yeah, and I yeah, thought that right. was nice. And then to have the yippee ki motherfucker at the end, I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I think this is this is an example of what happens when the like 
uh, meme to mainstream film pipeline. Like you see it with like the Son- how the Sonic the Hedgehog movie had like references to Sonic memes mm. in it, and this is what happens when the Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie discourse has dried up in actual real life conversations, but it made it into a script someone wrote three years ago that took another while to actually get filmed and made. But also. <laughs> Also, the the love actually is actually a terrible Christmas movie, and it's mm. like really sexist and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. And the those... hottest talking points of twenty seventeen finally made it into a twenty twenty one movie. Yeah, like those things have been hashed out so many times already, and it's yeah. just like, okay, this movie thinks it's going to be the final word. I don't mm. think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think this movie has a really interesting example. Of and I've got to <laughs> do a lot of backtracking as I try to explain this. I think it is an example of the female gaze in it. <laughs> Would you guys <laughs> like to hear my theory? Please okay. go. Okay, oh, so first of all, yeah. let me just say that I am a feminist, and and I think what a lot of people say is the female gaze is actually still the male gaze. Like um, I, I totally thought you were going to be like. Um, I, you know, as a man, I'm not like the authority on this, but instead you're like, I am a feminist, so I am the authority on this. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I was more saying like, if you, if this is your first cult yeah, popular yeah. episode and you're just hearing a guy talk like this, I'm doing this very wryly because. I know that this is this is shaky ground yeah. to make jokes about, right? But like like something like Chris Hemsworth looking hot in a Thor movie is still the male gaze, right? It's because a power that's fantasy. how men Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but this has a really interesting thing in it, and I can say this as a man who has used dating apps for a very long time. And that is she is like, Why did you catfish me? And he's like, Oh, it's because girls don't talk to you if you look like me. And she's like, Well, let me look at your profile. What what photos did you use? before you use the fake photos and she looks and it's like these real creepy pictures of him like holding, holding an axe, axe yeah. and, and and shit like that and she goes like oh that's you know you've got to she basically says like if you really put yourself out there and if you really put um who you truly are on a dating app you're going to to attract more mm. matches uh not true <laughs> <laughs> like definitively i can tell you not true a as a guy I, I, yeah, that's what I mean. I think at the very least, I, I don't consider myself an ugly person, right? I'm probably about as comparably hot in Hollywood terms as, as they pretend Jimmy O'Yang isn't. I'm saying he's more attractive than me, but if I was in a movie, we'd be the same. Yeah. I, guess. Um, I, uh, I think the thing with that, though, is, yeah, it's about like putting yourself out there, but it is, well, what she's saying is more like, you shouldn't be trying to look strong because you think that that's what women mm. want. It's your your smile is actually one of your best qualities, so you should put that in a photo. I've had countless people, countless women, uh, edit my Tinder profiles. <laughs> it never helps. All I'm saying is, I think it's a really funny example of maybe maybe I'm being a bit cheeky by calling it the female gaze. Maybe it's more right, yeah, an, no, an, optim- an optimistic. Yeah. You're, you're an being derogatory about the female gaze I, the same way women are about the male gaze. <laughs> I'm saying that, like, that it feels like it's written by someone who's very optimistic and maybe. Well, had it's probably it written by like, someone who's hot. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's not a female gaze. Maybe it's pretty privileged, right? Yeah. Like, it's an example of someone truly who hasn't been to the depths of being on a dating app for year after year and not really like matching with anyone. And so I just thought that was a funny, like, a, a, a kind of humorously ignorant um, thing yeah, to try. 
like it's like oh this will be really helpful advice for you Mm. and it's just like no it's actually not Mm. My my main photo on my Tinder profile is a great picture of me with like flowers in my beard. It's very fun and like that you know bore little fruit. So my point is more that. Or did you it's, try it's being a... yourself? Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have flowers in your beard right now. That's true. I've literally never seen you with flowers in your beard. That would be my opening line when they'd say like, "I like your flower beard." I'd be like, "Thanks, the beard's still there, but the flowers are gone." I think that says a lot about. I think that's a beautiful metaphor. I think you should just stick to making your candles, AJ. Yeah, I thought I I thought that's where you were going with it. That it's like the female, like they give them the the candle making hobby. Oh yeah, he makes candles in this. Yeah, and he makes. Did anybody else think that like the can the concept for his candles, which is like masculine, they're fucking everywhere. (laughs) Scented candles are they everywhere? Yes, Yes. I was going to say. I was right, right, okay. Because I was watching, I was like, this is a. A better idea than the movie, like this, yeah, no, this, yeah, yeah, because because this, this whole thing is like, the um, yeah, there's in. there's no candles that are like masculine scents. Again, great idea in 2016. Now they're everywhere. <laughs> Go to any candle what? shop. Like or also, like, okay. they were okay. everywhere in 2017. Yeah, 2016 they were even the they're in Barkers, yeah. and they're no longer selling them in Barkers because yeah. obviously men do not buy candles. <laughs> I, I think, like, to, to be fair though, some of those candles smell, smell fucking incredible, <laughs> and like, like, yeah, there's a lot of like, um. Because they, yeah, they tend to be like really kind of smoky, like like when I say smoky, tobacco. like you're talking about yeah, whiskey, tobacco, um, and like just smells of like different woods. Some of them smell mm. fucking incredible. And but did you buy any of them? Yes. Oh, well, did you buy more than one? Yes. Oh wow! Make his point work, Richard. Don't be mean. <laughs> Ask me if I bought three. <laughs> Did you buy three? No, I, well, I did buy two though. <laughs> um, but um, yes, a similar kind of sense that you would find like stuff like beard oils. But the, a lot of this like, um, yeah, marketed to men like thing, it, it, it's kind of over the peak now. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, like you get like masculine uh, yogurt. It's, and it's like less that. about the masculine side of it and more like, I would like a scented candle that smells like, you know, nostalgic Things. Yeah, but yeah, but the the, the moment that because he has a this tenuous sort of relationship with his father, and he makes a candle that smells like his granddad, his father's father, and it's this this nice moment that they that they, because especially as well because you know it is actually true that your like olfactory sense uh, mm. is mm. most closely linked to memory. So it's this, but you know, you know there was a it was a nice little subplot and it was a nice little marriage of you know plot elements coming together to yeah. to resolve in a. I think my general sense about this movie is it was better than it had any right to be. Yeah, I I was expecting it to be unwatchable. I I thought it was going to be another holiday where it was like, oh, you really tried and you failed. But actually, it was was more akin to... um, Let It Snow? uh, Yeah, Let It Snow. Yeah, and actually, same production company. Wow, I I disagree, guys. I thought uh, Holiday was better, and I didn't think this was a good movie. So That's interesting that you thought Holiday was better. I think I, uh, the memory I have of Holiday. Yeah, but but also <laughs> we thought the Princess Switch movies were fun. Mm. Well, I'd like not to, again not to repeat a point I made last year. I don't think any of these movies are good. I would like to put my foot down and say that that's also part of it. As I I, I get we get into these headspaces of defending our opinions, but it's like the difference. Well, yeah, the yeah. If we were talking about these films on an episode of Film Franchise Fortnights, I would probably not be so. Uh, yeah. complimentary but it is that 
the bar is so low. And I was think I, I think not even just for Netflix movies. I think the bar is lower for Christmas movies. And I think at this time of year, you're willing to forgive you know the quality of a movie a little bit if it's just a nice movie and it's like yeah there's like the the pretense that their relationship is set on isn't very good and and like the the you know the you get into iffy territory with like catfishing people and stuff like that but it like it is just a movie that by the end of it you feel nice that two people have found love and i think around the holidays you are actually willing to forgive those things a little bit more that and you are willing to buy into a movie and just let it make you feel good you two both look incredibly disinterested and um and what i thought was quite a a beautiful heartfelt point um i was making and a great place to end our discussion on love hard um and if anyone's wondering the single other example i've ever noticed in the real world of uh the female gaze is that uh my flatmate put our entire uh supply of toilet paper directly next to the bowl and no i was like this is because because girls don't they're not thinking that we're going to be standing there peeing into the bowl and something might go wrong and you destroy the whole <laughs> supply of toilet paper <laughs> the female gaze thank you very much <laughs> oh one sorry one last thing about love hard how weird was it the number of random movie quotes that they just dropped into the script with no like there was there was no recognition from any of the characters that they were saying lines from other movies that were more successful and more famous they just used them as lines in the script yeah. not being like hey i'm quoting a movie right I, now i i would actually argue that every line in this movie is from a movie <laughs> <laughs> that that's the jeremy what you just said is is a good wrap up actually because that's true of basically the entire netflix misrun so far is that like we've got like we talked about the um princess terminator switch, yeah. and batman references mm. in princess switch the the random see my vest parody in robin robin and, and the I'm, beatles references I'm, yeah i'm sure there was one in father christmas's back the beatles I'm, references there you go like it's it's it is it, it, there is there is something there is a context being lost to yeah. to being able to justify putting references in your movie and people think it's just enough to say things well that's so that's the 2021 netflix miss part one of two is weird references to things <laughs> let's see what part two brings us uh when we cover awesome. i don't know a boy called christmas and a few other films um yeah and that's, uh, yeah that's so- that's it Thank you for joining us Merry for Netflix Christmas. Part 1 2021. We'll be back next week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram um, and uh, share the podcast wherever you can. Um, you can join us on our Discord, which there'll be a link to in the show notes. Come and tell, tell please, can someone tell me off for, for even pitching the idea of the female gaze? Because I feel dirty about that. Uh, and if also people want to, they can support us on Patreon, slingshotting to the other side of, like, you can either condemn me or you can financially support <laughs> Or you can fund over on patreon.com slash cultpopshire um, where you'll be hearing more about that soon in the form of a post credit sequence after this movie stops but see you guys next week this movie stops though. I mean and f- next fortnight Alright, welcome along everybody to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you give us $5 or more, if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Jeremy's still here. A rare appearance <laughs> from 
a member but who's he's not, not getting paid anything. for this. He's not getting paid for this, so Jeremy, you don't have to say anything. Well, I was I was going to be silent and just listen to how you did it, but hey, I'm happy to be right. part of it. All right. Well, this okay. Is a what's good, the question? There's a good question for you, Jeremy. Actually, and who's so it from? This comes to us from Joshua Cole, who says, "Would you rather fuck a dog and no one knows, <laughs> or not fuck a dog and everyone thinks you did?" This this is one of those classic like you know thought experiment questions. I think. Like, if you choose not fuck a dog and everyone thinks you did, you haven't thought about the question properly. Like, imagine the entire world, everyone, every person who has ever lived, people who are going to be born from now are going to grow up knowing, okay, Jeremy fucked a dog. And you cannot change their mind. Nothing you can do, no matter how much you tell them. Also, this means that you might be arrested for bestiality and you would go mm. to prison and people there would be like, that's the dog fucker. It's, it's so, like, is, why though, Richard, would you not choose to? I disagree. I disagree. And here's why. Because it's more important to me what I know in my heart to be true. Integrity. I think, Integrity, I AJ. Think, yeah, I believe in doing the right thing, and I believe that fucking a dog is not the right thing to do. I would throw my life away at the, at, at the chance to not fuck a dog. Right, but so that's the thing, is that, like, the <laughs> ostensibly... <laughs> See you next week, everybody! As, <laughs> as far as everyone who has ever lived, apart from you, thinks you have fucked that dog. That's fine, as long as I didn't actually do it. Like, I, I, I would stop doing a podcast with you. Like, yep. like your, your life would absolutely mm. fall apart. And, yep. and, and, pro- and probably, you would yeah. be, in your, in your loneliest moment, you wouldn't even have a pet to keep you company because no one would no let one you would buy one. You, yep. you would, like, all alone, no one around you, and yep. you would be, you'd be thinking to yourself, why didn't I fuck that dog? No, I'd be thinking to myself, I'm so happy that I didn't fuck that dog. But also, like, the uh, the corollary to that is that you'd be walking around for the rest of your life in every situation, and people are like, oh, man, Richard, I love you so much. Like, I'm so glad that you're my friend. And you're like, yeah, but you don't know I fucked a dog. <laughs> you're like the, the, like the, if, part, if, the guy at the party, you, man. If you really they don't knew, know I fucked a dog. If, <laughs> if you really knew who I was, if you really knew the Do kind you know, of person. Funnily enough... Now that you've worded it and uh, you've given me reason to actually think about it, Jeremy, now I switch sides. <laughs> I could live with it. That's the thing. I could absolutely live with that. So, Jeremy, so you wouldn't. I genuinely... Ugh. Like, I, like, like, cards on the table. I am so concerned with what other people think of, of me. And I am... The demons I live with anyway... I thought this fucking fucking the the decent decent tape. Tape. <laughs> <laughs> Um Oh man, this is just making me think this is the stage of life I'm at right now. But like basically every day I watch about four episodes of a TV show called Bluey, where all yes! the characters where all the characters are dogs, and I'm just like what if I was just a dog on Bluey and my fucking a dog was just the normal thing because the dog is my wife? Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> that, that, that's the loophole. The loophole. I, I would be a dog I and I would fuck dog. the dog. Ah. <laughs> Guys, no, no, no. There's that whole kink of, there's no, that no, whole no, kink no. of dressing up as a dog. 
I don't think that counts. I think you. Would I don't still think be. that counts. No, but no, but yeah, the loophole is. So it's like you are a dog. Do you want every, all the other dogs to think you're the fucking man, <laughs> but you didn't actually? <laughs> or a total virgin dog. <laughs> you, know, you know that classic joke that's like, um, oh yeah, I I, I banged a, a sixteen year old. Oh, I was sixteen at the time. It's like, yeah, I banged a dog. Oh my god. Oh, I was a dog at the time. <laughs> <laughs>